Welcome back to Your Brain on Positive. All the love and support you need is residing inside of you. And we're going to make it easier to turn it on. Dear ones, witness your words. If you say them and they don't feel good to you, find another word or expression to say what you mean and mean what you say. Words are powerful and epically creative. They are also incarcerating and divisive. Invite Lion Gate into your heart this month to help you see the distortions of words as they play out in your life and on the world stage. Invite source energy in you to empower you to use your words as a living wand for the living light of source. Go into the stillness. And when the storms of this spiritual battle rattle your energy and challenge your ability to find that middle way, you have strength, courage, boldness, and fortitude in you, for you carry the lion, harbinger, heart in you. Embrace August's fiery and alchemical energies. Live as awakened and awakening lions. Call in the lion harbinger and the Leo energy to shine more sunlight on all that needs to clear away for all of sentient kind to live their optimal timelines within God's timeline. You are the ones here to rise like the great central suns in your own lives. Choose your words and your wands wisely and allow what needs to fall away to fall away. We can say that God wins, yet what would be more accurate to say without creating more tension with that phrase and the collective ascension process unfolding is that the living light has always been and will always be divinely victorious. Now, that is an example of choosing words wisely and being impeccable with your wand's creationary power. And this is what we invite you to get better acquainted with this month and beyond. And simply notice where others may be using their wands consciously or unconsciously to implement more of the duality game. And notice where some use their wands to exit that 3D duality game altogether. It is time to rise. Blessings to you all. And this is from Patricia Conte Nelson. Full disclosure. If you are wonky around the topic of woo, this session might not be for you. I was a woo denier as far as my own abilities with intuition or even thinking that I had anything other than my left brain to work with. And then I started meeting some amazing people who, through Woo, gave me a different perspective on what was possible. And one of them is Patricia. So Patricia Conti Nelson is joining me today. And I am really, really grateful, Patricia. Thank you. But grateful both for you being here and for the guidance that you have given me along the way. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm right back at you because you've given me a lot of guidance. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Let's 
take people in the way back machine? Was there ever a time in your life where you didn't know you were woo or worried about being woo? Well, I got married back in 1962 and I stayed married till 1982. During that 20 years, I had no idea about anything woo. And then what happened was um, I prayed. I was sitting in the um, sitting in a dressing room, would you believe, at a large department store. And I was sitting there half naked because I was trying on underwear. And I was so confused about what to buy. And I sat down and on those little chairs that are in the dressing rooms. And I said, dear God, I need help. I can't even make the, this decision. And I heard, call your doctor. And I was like, wow. So I get back, I call the doctor. And he said, Patricia, I have the perfect therapist for you. He said, you're going through whatever you're going through. But Louise is a former Catholic nun married to a former Catholic priest. And she is someone that will be able to help you to straighten out where you are right now, the confusion that you feel. And I was like, wow. And so when I found out where she was, you know, she was 10 minutes from my front door. She had her own, she had her own home office. And I started seeing her once a week. And Louise said my confusion came from living in circumstances that my soul couldn't bear anymore. Ah, uh, yeah. And so she was the perfect person for me because I didn't want to get divorced. I wanted to stay married. And, and I, I mean, there I am on the verge practically of a nervous breakdown trying to stay married. And um, she helped me to see, she said to me, um, as we progress through our therapy, she said to me, do you think this is going to change the circumstances? And I said, no. And she said, do you think you could take this for another 20 years? I said, no, God forbid. And she said, well, I think you have your answer. So I went home and I made the decision to leave. And to start life over again, Jackie. And once I did that, everything started finding me. What happened was I was shopping at the local CVS and I saw this woman and she kind of had a light around her. This was after I'd moved out and I had my own little place. And I'm shopping and I see her and something said, go talk to her. And that something has been what's been guiding me all along. Because when I went to talk to her, Jackie, come to find out she had a Course in Miracles class in her home every Monday night. Hmm. On Wednesday, she had a man who, who channeled from the other side. So it's like all of a sudden everything came into my being because I was no longer in circumstances that my soul couldn't bear anymore. But I was forcing myself to stay in. It's amazing how many things we force ourselves to stay in, Jackie, that don't feed or nurture us. Now, there's a topic for everyone to explore. So if you're listening to this podcast, write down the question, where in my life am I forcing myself to stay in circumstances that are challenging my soul? I think, Patricia, that's a question that very few people ever ask. Uh, my take on it was when I did a, I, I've actually wrote an article on boundaries and tolerations. 
And I just asked it from a uh, gentler place, which was, what am I tolerating right now? Yeah. This idea that maybe we are doing a disservice to ourselves by tolerating things that restrict our soul. I have a question for you, though, and this is a tough one for me. What did your husband at the time, what happened as a result of you saying, you know, it's over? Well, he actually said to me in my therapy, I invited him to come. And he said, why would I go see a woman who's changing you into a woman that I don't even recognize anymore? I had changed so much, Jackie. I was now standing up for myself. I was doing what fed me. Before, I was just a reflection of him and what he wanted. I didn't do anything that nurtured me. I just followed around him. And he wasn't used to that. He was wondering, who was this woman? Who was this person? And he certainly wasn't going to go to a woman to help me stay there. So he said, no, thank you. I don't want to do that. And so at that point, um, he understood that I was never going to go back to being who I was at all. I was enjoying being this new person. So many wonderful things happened out of it. I started experiencing life in a whole new way. I started hearing that voice talk to me. I had talk about woo. I, uh, somebody invited me to go to a, um, uh, he was a psychic and uh, he was doing readings for people. And so he said to me, Patricia, you have guides that want to write through you. And I'm like, guides? <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, guide? What's a guide? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this was all really woo at the time. But it's what changed my life. And then I'm at my sister's house. And she, there's a, a right after the divorce. And um, there's a book on the table. She was a Reiki master. And I'm waiting for her to finish with her Reiki clients. And she's got this book on the table. And the title is Three Magic Words by U.S. Anderson. And I picked it up. And Jackie, I devoured it. By the time she came out, I was so involved with it. I didn't hear, hear, even hear her come out of a room. And I'm reading it. And she says, oh, I see you found the book. I said, where did you get this book? It's incredible. And she said, well, I was at the uh, Pymander bookstore. And I was getting candles and incense for my Reiki room. And it fell on my foot. And so I figured it was for me. So I bought it. She said, she said when I opened it, it wasn't for me. She says, it didn't say what I wanted to hear. So I put it there thinking one of my Reiki clients might find it. She said, it's been sitting there for three months. Nobody picked it up until you came and picked it up. And Jackie, do you know what the three magic words were? Mm, what? I am God. Oh, yes. It tried to help us to see that the spirit of the divine lives and breathes in us as us, that we truly are God's hands and feet, that we're here with a divine purpose. And when we find it, we are in our joy. And that book just changed my life. And then I found that psychic and he told me about my guides. And this is what came out of that, my book. Tuning into spirit and see where it says Patricia Conti Nelson with the beloved guides. Ah, there you go. Give credit where credit is due. Volume one. <laughs> and now, Jackie, guess what? I'm almost done with volume two. Oh, that's it. That's such 
good news. It really, really is. This is my season of the book is what I'm discovering. It's becoming very, very apparent to me that one of the purposes, one of the best uses, if you will, the most aligned use of my podcast is to interview authors who have books coming out so that people can see and hear not what's in the book, but the story behind the book, why this book needed to be written from the perspective of the author. Why did this have to get out into the world? And, you know, I don't know if you know, and maybe people listening to this don't know. Through the Teen Suicide Prevention Society, we publish a book every year. Make it a great day. The choice is yours. And that's my mission in the world to get the message of conscious choice that you can choose something different than what you've always known. And I went, it's really kind of funny because I went through that very similar experience that you went through. But remember, I'm left brain, right? I know woo in my world. So I went to college in my 40s and I was getting close to being halfway through my degree. And my husband at the time said that he didn't like me anymore. And I realized he had never had the chance to get to know me because I had lived my entire life with my radar up to be what other people needed me to be, to live my life by other people's expectations. Sometimes even their opinions, certainly by their judgments. And when I went to college, it changed my perception of myself because in that class, my voice got heard. School had always been my sanctuary, even growing up. It was the one place that I felt heard and seen and respected. And so I gave myself that school experience again in my 40s. My husband brought it to my attention that I wasn't behaving the same way that I had been with him. And we were married almost 20 years when this occurred. That's the choice I made was not to change back, even though his message to me was change back. If you want to stay with me. And we had mediation and all of that process in order to part company relatively amicably. The final conversation that we had before the whole divorce got final, and we had some other conversations after that, because you know how that goes. You know, there's always details. But in that final meeting, um, I realized based on what he what he said was, you've invested a lot in your training in Eastern healing arts. And my first thought was, how nice of you to acknowledge that I had invested a lot. I'd spent five years and multiple five figures and had to travel to New York and to Pennsylvania and then um, upstate New York to finish my, my curriculum. He's like, you invested a lot. And then I realized what he meant. From his perspective, I had wasted my time, talent, and treasure studying something that he never thought would ever make a living for me, that it would never replace the the business, the brick and mortar business that I had been running. And that's that that awareness that what I saw as a possibility for myself, he could not see 
made me realize that parting company was the best thing for both of us. And like you, you know, you said you, your your soul was clenched down. Uh, I had to be medicated to stay married. I was on antidepressants. Yeah, so I get it because once the divorce was done, actually, once the decision was made that we both agreed to, I stopped taking antidepressants and have not needed them since. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you have to be medicated to stay married, it's kind of a warning sign. Yeah. You saw it. I just started thinking. And I think giving ourselves the freedom to ask those questions, what would life be like if I stopped tolerating quite so much? And sometimes the question's the other way around. What would life be like if I was a little more willing to be patient, especially with other people? So toleration can work both ways. There's nothing good or bad, but thinking make it so. It's my favorite Shakespeare quote. All right, let's go. You've now been given the light. You've been shown the way. You've got guides. You're like, guides? You've got guides. They're supposed to write through you. What was that like for you the first time you said yes to that experience? Well, first, I'll say that um, when I ask them, and it's actually in the book, I ask them, who, who are you and what is this? And who's, whose writings are these, actually? And what they said to me was that it's the divine coming through me, that what was happening is they were making me focus enough so that I could hear the divine. And then I would write what it was that I heard. But it was the divine. It was God's spirit. And I loved it because it helped me. And they didn't want to take credit for the right. I keep I still say, dear ones or beloveds or whatever, um, to, to get centered enough in order to hear the guidance. And in the beginning, Jackie, I have notebook after notebook after notebook like this filled with writings. Mm-hmm. in longhand mm-hmm. and then one day I heard you need to start typing these and I'm like what won't typing throw me off type so I started typing what was coming through and it worked beautifully because then a friend of mine made a website for me patriciacontinelson.com and she said Patricia start posting those written writings on your website so it's like one thing led to another thing. Oh, by all means. And it is so much easier to get something up on the web if you've typed it first. Otherwise, scanning my handwriting, not such a good idea. No. And then what happened was um, at the local Unity Church where I was the, uh, the prayer chaplain and I did the meditations and different things. And it was awesome. I loved it. I trained people to become prayer chaplains and we had a wonderful time together. Well, the wife of the, min- the new minister, Liliana, amazing woman, she said, Patricia, I could take a lot of those things that are on your website and put them in a book format. And my guides, God divine, had just said, this has got to get out there because it gives people instructions for how to live life in an easier way, with more grace and ease, with more divine timing and divine order. And each time they hold the book, 
against their heart like this, and they just open it randomly, and they get a writing for the day. There it is, right in front of them. And so I said, go for it. So she took everything. She put it in a format, sent it to Amazon, and my book's been on Amazon since 2017. (laughs) How cool is that? Yeah, and I didn't have to put any effort into it. I showed up, did the writings, kept following the guidance, and it all worked. That's kind of like a woo wow. When you start following the guidance, there's something amazing to be said about that. For anybody who listens to my podcast, they'll start to notice that more authors are showing up. And that's because I'm being guided. You know, my book is is in the process. So my publisher said, hey, I've got someone who's launching a book on, on this date. And I'm like, awesome. Let me help. Let me interview them. I did their interview and was blown away because it is not a topic I would normally have ever talked about. You know, it, it happened to be something that could be potentially political. And I just realized when the show notes are going to say, please park your politics outside the room before you listen to this episode, because it's not a political agenda episode, but it's potentially very polarizing. So it's like, hey, you know, either park your political agenda outside the room or don't listen to this one. The same is going to be true for this episode, because we're about to go wildly woo. And I'm just going to put a disclaimer, you know, if, if, if you're woo wonky, this is not for you. The woo wonky, my early exposure to woo, astrology, things like that, you know, and my early exposure to meditation was struggle and strife right up until a lay preacher one Sunday morning in church. And I was in a very traditional church and they were saying, you, Hey, if prayer is asking God a question, meditation is listening for the answer. And I went, boom, that's why I don't meditate. I didn't want to know because if I'd gotten the wisdom, I wouldn't have been able to tolerate. I wouldn't have been able to stay in my marriage. And even though that wasn't a full conscious thought, that was the impact of understanding that I wasn't ready to follow the guidance. And when I'm not ready, I can really put up a lot of blocks to hear messages. I can be busy the way only an entrepreneur can be busy. Yeah. <laughs> so right here. There we go. All right. So what happened that you um, understand busy? Because being busy is kind of the opposite of what you just described with following the guidance. So what got in the way of it just staying easy and effortless? The thing is that one of the things I recognized was that busyness was my drug of choice. Busyness was how I, um, it's like other people take other kinds of drugs to do whatever it is that they do. And that's the addiction, no matter what it is. But I've never taken any kind of drugs or anything like that. I've just stayed very busy. And that busyness keeps you from feeling and thinking and realizing that um, change needs to be made. Um, 
it, it makes you tolerate things a lot longer because you think you're having a productive life because you're so busy. But is it really what your soul came to do? Are you finding joy in it? Or are you just staying busy for the sake of busy? And so I really, when I read that book, Three Magic Words, oh, Jackie, I began to realize I was not living my soul's purpose at all. I was not being God's hands and feet here. I was tolerating life. And I didn't want to do that anymore. And so I opened myself up to hearing. And You know, what do they say? Let those who have the ears to hear, hear, and let those who have the eyes to see, see. That's what I did. I opened my eyes and my ears to hearing through my spiritual eyes and my spiritual ears and not the chaos that was going on all around me. And that's where I am now, listening. And I have a meditation call every morning at quarter to eight on my conference line. I do a variety of different things that really feed my soul. And I'm very excited about that. I love my life. I love Bob. And um, I have, I do, I really am into health too, not just spiritual, because I really believe that my spirit wants a healthy body to do its work through. Oh, no, there's the concept. I do things like drink bone broth and use my wonderful devices and drink I have a measured water device. It says right there, one uh, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., and it says, get started. You've got it. Because <laughs> you know, otherwise, I can get sidetracked. So I keep my water bottle right with me, and I get through the water all day long, and I refill that a couple of times, and I do things. I'm very proactive now, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Oh, now there we go. A proactive life. From where you started, how different is it for you to be proactive in your own life? Well, I feel a lot more, um, oh, I'm happier. I really am because I feel like I'm living my divine purpose. Being proactive about the things that really mean something to me, Jackie. Mm. That's it. Having a meaningful life and making a difference. When I, before, before I got aware of all of this, and I don't regret that, I met the most amazing family through my former husband. They were wonderful and they still are, they're still my nieces and nephews, would you believe? You don't lose people like that. They're always part of your life. And they came to me as a result of that relationship. And I also think it makes me a better wife and partner now as a result of those 20 years. And so I don't regret it at all. So say a little more about that. As a result of those 20 years, what is it about those 20 years that makes you a better wife and partner now? Well, being being who I am, I don't hide anymore. I don't hide my opinions. I don't hide who I am. I I go toe-to-toe with Bob. I never went toe-to-toe before because it was the same thing that you said earlier. I didn't feel lovable, acceptable, or worthwhile with any of it. And as a result, I was always a shadow in the relationship. I didn't show up as the uh, amazing being of light that I am radiating light and love around the planet. I didn't do that back then. I do it now, though. And every morning I wake up and I say, dear God, I can't wait to see what we're going to do together today. (laughs) 
Amazing. Now, you just said something really cool. I was trying to write it down. Amazing being of light that I am. Radiating love and light around the planet. That is so cool. Okay, so I'm I'm writing this down because it'll be in the show notes. So from where you were to where you are and the journey took you into just being willing to put yourself into places where other people were already connecting to something other than their left brain. Other than that, what's a good first step for someone who's starting to feel nudged that maybe they're not normal? (laughs) Normal is not where you want to be. I absolutely agree. I have a sister who says normal is a setting on the washing machine. Yeah. Beautiful thing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in my coaching, oh, you'll like this too then. In my coaching program, we have a saying, you know, we have a prime directive that no one gets re-traumatized on our watch. And then we have a saying, normal need not apply. And we are putting that into practice because what we do isn't normal. And my coaches don't come under the heading of what's, uh, there's a new word out there called neurotypical. That does not apply to anybody in my community. So just saying, anybody listening, yeah, if you are attached to the concept of being neurotypical, that that feels like it would be safe for you if you could see yourself that way, stop listening to my podcast because you won't be able to stay in that little bubble. I don't talk very often to people who make it safe to stay normal. I want people to see themselves as extraordinary, as unique. I'm going to be interviewing J.W. Wilson again. I love interviewing this guy. He's been on my other shows. He wrote the book, Cracking the Learning Code, Patricia. And he says, you know, there are not three intelligences, you know, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. There are not the seven with music and stuff. He says there are actually over 7 billion intelligences one for each of us on the planet that felt really comfortable. Yes. Yeah. We get, we each get to play our role here in our own individual way. What gets in the way of people doing that, Patricia, with with all people that you've done writings for and stuff, what gets in the way of them living their unique life? People want to be liked. People want to be loved. People want to be accepted. What's the problem? The problem is that maybe there are parts of you that aren't, according to the world out there, lovable, acceptable, and worthwhile. So we learn to hide them. We go deep. And the truth of who we are never gets a chance to come out. We are divine. And the divine has a plan for each one of us. What you just said about the 7 million people. But each one is different. We can't be like somebody else. We have to be our own version of what God wants to be through us. That's it. And we can't try to be acceptable. And there are so many people out there staying in marriages and relationships where they're just doing it, treading water, hoping it's going to get better. I mean, I, I'll tell you something. We, we had moved to New Zealand. And so when we came back, We found um, that we had to wait a while to get an apartment of everything. So we moved in with my dad and my mom. And we're sitting on the front porch one day and we'd been out with my parents for a little while. 
Plus, my parents had been watching how we were for that previous eight years before we went to New Zealand. And one day, my father looks at me and he says, honey, your mom and I would support your decision to leave and get divorced if you decide that. And I was like, I stayed married for another 12 years because of the whole lovable, acceptable, worthwhile thing. And I was scared. I was scared to go out on my own. I thought I needed someone else and it turned out to be a crutch. And my father actually saw that and said, we would support you in that decision. But I still wasn't strong enough on my own. It took, but you know what? I don't regret those 12 years. A lot of good things happened. A lot of good things. And Jackie, this may not be the time or the place to say this, but I totally believe that we've had numerous lifetimes. This is not our first and last lifetime. I read a book called um, Sparkles on Water many years ago. And um, this, um, this amazing woman, I used to be a oneness blessing trainer. I had gone to India three times. And um, this woman showed up in one of my classes. And she told me about her daughter, Susan, who had just died a couple of years before. And she had written this book called Sparkles on Water. And so I bought the book. And oh, my In the book, it talks about the in-between lifetimes. And one of them was an in-between lifetime where Kuan Yin showed up as the guide. And Susan asked in between lifetimes, how many lifetimes have I had? And Kuan Yin said, as she created a huge lake and the sun was shining down and there were sparkles on the water, she said, that many. And so we have experienced it all. We've been white, red, black, yellow. We have been the perpetrator and the person that got perpetrated on. We've been all of it. Every bit of it in every lifetime, we got to try it all. What's really fun for me is once I started understanding quantum physics, what they talk about in the movies, like what the bleep and things like that, where they, this idea that there's all different variations of my life occurring all at the same time. What some people call many lives for me is sort of an outside of time experience. And so my perception of it is, and this is what happened. I'm driving down the street. Recently, I'd been given a recommendation to change my diet. And I drove by a restaurant and I'm like, I never got there. Now there's nothing at this restaurant that will fit the dietary restriction that I've been recommended to follow. And I'm like, ah, I'll never get to eat there. And then I went, oh, but wait, in another parallel universe, <laughs> I've been eating there the whole time and I don't have a dietary restriction. It's it's an interesting uh, multidimensional reframing that I've been able to start doing for myself. And what it does is put me right back into a state of flow when I get pulled out with any kind of regret. Because no matter what it is, in another lifetime, it didn't happen that way. It happened the way I wanted it. And I've been reading books like this for a really long time without it, but storybooks, science fiction, science fantasy. And The Nine Princes of Amber is the first place I think that I probably got this, other than the writings of Heinlein. My brain, my left brain, just wasn't going to go there with these concepts of quantum physics. I got my education through storybooks. Oh, that's what woke me up. 
unlike your direct line experience with that book, which sounds like a really good book, Three Magic Words, the reality is that if this is a message for everyone, if you are being tapped on the shoulder and you are ignoring it, don't worry. It'll keep showing up in different ways until you actually pick up the book or listen to this recording or let follow this person. And I just realized in this instant while I'm talking to you why I'm doing this author series, why authors are coming up. The first book I ever read on this topic I read in the summer of 1969, it was the night of the moon landing for Apollo 11. And the book on the back of it said, Thoughts Have Wings. I was 10 years old. It was a college level book on ESP. Oh, and it just it was like I got it and I didn't feel safe and I walked away from it. Oh, for 30 years, 40 years. Yeah, I'm old. So anyway, so you're not as old as I am. So it doesn't matter however long it is, because that linear time is just an illusion anyway, except for our bodies. Our bodies have to deal with it. But if you look at Deepak Chopra, he has not aged a day in decades. So linear time may be an illusion even for our bodies. But staying out of that conversation for the moment. What what's so good? It's my favorite game. What's so good about people tapping into the guidance they can get for themselves or the guidance that they can give to others? What's so good about that for you? It's a shortcut. You don't have to um, keep experiencing things over and over. Like there's the old saying about the potholes that Mm -hmm. the remember that. You don't have to keep falling into the same pothole over and over again. Eventually, you look down that street and you go, uh-uh, I'm not going down that street again. And the guidance helps you to avoid those streets where there are potholes and you keep falling in and making the same. And I don't want to call them mistakes because they're all opportunities to learn and grow through. Yeah. You just the challenge is at some point you just say, you know what, enough. I don't need that lesson anymore. And that's the thing that's so welcoming and I love about tuning into spirit one of the writings actually says just that you don't have to keep re-experiencing the same thing over and over again you can try it a new way just listen Ooh. just listen yeah just listen. we listen the guidance is forthcoming it's always there it's always talking to us but we're moving so fast we don't hear it and if we do hear it we don't take the time to follow it And so now, Jackie, we're changing. We are the light workers that came to this planet at this time. We made an active choice when we were in spirit. We couldn't wait to get here. And so it doesn't matter what it is that the experience is. Enjoy it fully, completely. Oh, that's beautifully said. Whatever you are experiencing, enjoy it. Because the minute you shift your energy to focus on what it is that is so good about your current experience, then where your attention goes, your energy follows. You'll start to be able to take actions in the direction of more of this kind of energy. 
It just takes being willing to direct your attention to what is so good in your world right now. Gratitude. When you're grateful, what happens is you actually attract more things to be grateful for. That's why every day I'm so grateful and I say, dear God, I can't wait to see how we're going to work together today. It's just a framework, a body of truth that is out there and has been out there for eons. And and one of the things that happens is we've got to be, I have to tell you this, one of the things that happened was um, one of my mentors um, actually introduced me to a magazine and it's called Health Triangle Magazine in the UK. And um, he suggested that I, last month, I submit an article to the magazine. And so I submitted, um, are you being selective? Meaning, are you being selective with your love or are you loving unconditionally? So I submitted it and they said yes. And they, they actually put it in the magazine. And now they're asking me to submit another. I asked if I could be a contributing editor and they said, absolutely, we would love it. Submit something before the 15th of August and it'll go in the September issue. That happened from listening. Uh, it happens from listening and trusting enough to take the action. Yes. Nothing changes until the actions become different. You don't get different results doing the same action over and over again. So I love the fact that this is still unfolding for you, that this was just last month, that you heard a new do this kind of language. Yeah. So, and by the way, it's HTM, Health Triangle Magazine, HTM. And I'm going to ask you to do it. All right. Well, we are going to wrap this up and tie it up and put a bow on it. When it comes to living a life of meaning, Patricia, what meaning would be the easiest place for people to start? Where could they start on their own journey to be able to listen without judgment, to be able to act on what they're hearing? Oh, it comes with loving yourself right where you are really, because we are such little judging machines. This is not the right thing. And I shouldn't do this. And I should, I mean, we, it would be really great if we could wipe the word should out of our vocabulary. Amen. I am all for that, except it's really profitable for me since I created leaving shouldville. So yeah, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So, so it's, I'm okay with people struggling with that for a little while longer. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, uh, tuning into spirit is full of all of the little (laughs) that help you not to live in shouldville because shouldville is a place that keeps you from growing and keeps you unhappy and, and keeps you from recognizing the truth with a capital T who you really are. The little you, which is the human self that came if it recognizes the truth of who it really is, the divine hands and feet here doing God's work, loving everything, the person who cuts you off, your neighbor who's a pain, whatever, you just get to be with those people in an open-hearted way. But it starts with loving yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you project all of those wounded, unhappy places onto other people. Awesome. All right. Loving everything starts with loving 
you. So explore what your life would be like if you loved yourself just a little more, just a little more unconditionally every day. Patricia, thank you, thank you, thank you for being willing to come on the show. I really appreciate it. The things we've talked about will be in the show notes for everyone. So if they didn't get the notes written down, they can just look in the show notes. We'll make sure that they're there. As always, thank you for your guidance. And thank you for being you. Thank you very much, Jackie. Thank you for asking me to be here. And it's been an absolute pleasure. I love you, Jackie. I love me too, Jackie. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for turning on and turning up your positivity. We know that positivity is easier to maintain in a community, so we have one. Join our community on Facebook, Your Brain on Positive. If you've had an aha from the show, please head over to the community and share it. We love to celebrate wins. 